is done what a day when it's been welcome to the world cup day i'm boris and tonight i am joined by phil hello everybody and thanks for joining us on our world cup 2022 adventure <laughs> yeah it's an adventure all right and it's been a uh, crazy day already in qatar we're gonna talk about some news we're gonna kind of every this is we're gonna test stuff out right like the first few days we're gonna see how these episodes are gonna go um but essentially we're gonna talk about the matches that happened we're going to make fun of some teams we're gonna make fun of some people we're gonna make fun of each other We'll talk about the matches that are happening on the next day, and then we'll mix in some news here and there because uh, there seems to be no shortage of news happening uh, with this World Cup, both footy and, well, real-life BS because, well, hashtag Qatar. Yeah, it's not disappointing, my friend, and uh, we're figuring this out as we go along. You're literally hearing how we're mapping it out right now. And yeah, it's it's going to be a journey and we're going to get a format down. But the one thing that you're going to be guaranteed of is laughs and a little bit of news Yep, with a little tingle of humor. Now, I don't think I talked to you about this, but I was talking to uh, Paul and Matt about this kind of offline. Um, and one of the things is, you know, we were talking about how icky this World Cup makes you feel. Right. And, and, and yeah. it, it, it's even today, like especially during the opening ceremonies, I felt like a piece of shit for watching. Uh, not only the opening ceremonies, but the entire World Cup and and, and, and even doing these podcasts. So I, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but currently, and, and, and our listeners can, can help us uh, find something, but what we're planning to do is we're planning to find a charity, uh, you know, probably in the LGBTQ plus community or those types of charities and we're going to make a donation uh we're going to get some listeners we're going to do something just just to even stuff out right you got to even stuff out the good and the bad uh, raise awareness etc so that's uh we're looking for something right now we'll have more information over the next few days over which charity uh we want to support and the reason why i'm not picking one just like out of the blue is because i want to make sure that you know any money that we do donate goes to the right places, the right people, and the right cause. For sure. I, I can think of some suggestions right off the top of my head, but I'll leave that for offline. I think that that's a noble thing to do. I think that the World Cup is an inevitability, so running away from it isn't going to solve the issue. I think the way that we're going to tackle it is, I like the sounds of that, that we make, that we engineer some kind of goodwill towards a charity that's being affected by this situation or has impacts into, you know, feelings into this. But then secondly, is dealing with this with a little bit of humor, right? It's still sport. It's still international sport. It's just like the Olympics that you feel guilty about that sometimes when there's certain places or certain countries participating. But at the same time, you can't really, you know, not do it because then it it's just the people the bad people just do it anyway yep. so it still exists so i i think it's like trying to quit twitter because elon musk is there yeah 
Sure, I don't like the idea, but if I run away, then he wins. The way that right? I see and this, that's the way that I honestly see this is, you know, because this is going to be front and center, this is the perfect time to raise awareness and to have these conversations. Yes. Yeah, there's only one way to show FIFA the error of its ways. Yeah. And that is to really grind this one out so that they get exhausted of the bad press or the negative feedback or the overall sentiment of people because it's not fair that certain groups are marginalized by this country you know it's even my father who does not really watch sport like soccer he's down there this morning watching the world cup mostly because nothing else is on but then afterwards i go out do groceries i come back and he goes hey did you know that i watched on the news that they didn't even have infrastructure for hotels yeah and they literally are putting people up in Shipping bins for $200 a night. Yep. Like, I'm like, what? Like, this this sounds horrible. And I know I've seen stuff where migrant workers are living in shipping shipments. You know what I mean? Like those big uh, metal crates that they put on ships and trains and everything like that. That's what people are using for housing to get out of the heat and whatnot. And it's just remarkable to me, like, how many corners get cut. How shameful this keeps on escalating to me in my mind about how ill-equipped this country was and how small and utterly tiny it is and how they've landed an entire World Cup and yet, oh, by the good grace of everything, we get a World Cup in North America again and we have to split it amongst three different countries at our size? Yeah, You know what I mean? Like Canada, the States, and Mexico have to share it? Like, I like that approach in a way. But at the same time, it's just amazing to me that Qatar has it. For sure, for sure. Yeah, so even on that uh, topic of the infrastructure, right? Like, if we're looking at just pure numbers of most expensive World Cups, like, like this is the staggering number, and this just goes to show you, right? Like, uh, zero due diligence was done for this World Cup, right? Like, and and... You can give a plan for whatever. You can do an infrastructure plan, but you still have to question. I feel like this was kind of overlooked. But again, again, just 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 bring this up for the simple fact that how insane this decision was. All right. These are the top five most expensive World Cups in history. Number five was Germany 2006 at 4.5 billion euros. Number four, Korea, Japan 2002, 7.3 billion euros. Number three, Russia, 2018, 12 billion euros. We talked about this one last night on the show. Brazil, uh, 2014, 15.6 billion euros. And Mm. number one, Qatar, 2022, 229 billion euros. That's almost 214 billion more than the next one. Unreal. Unreal. Like, that's a staggering number. Staggering. How crazy is that? Like, that's insane. The fact that you can honestly sit down as a group and say, yes, let's give them this World Cup because they're going to build all this. Whatever, like, like, even this point, like, the fact, even if it was double, I would be questioning, can you do it? Show me the plan that you can do this. Right? But no. It. Yeah. And according to Qatar, three people have died as yes. a direct result right. of this construction and build up. Like 
FIFA are trying to wash their hands of the absolute horrific guilt that goes with this. And Qatar is hand in hand in that cover up, unfortunately. But <sighs> yeah, it's just crazy. All right. I, think I know, that's I know there's that nothing to point. Yeah, there's it's enough politics, but for now, but oof. Yep. Tough, tough one, man. Tough one. All right. Let's talk some quick news. All right. So um Canada aiming to surprise at the World Cup. Jonathan Osorio, our currently right now, our Jonathan Osorio says. <laughs> um, we'll see where he ends up by the end of this World Cup. Because if you know, this is the thing that scares me with him having being done a contract. If he has one of those tournaments that you know he he's capable of having, he's done. He's going to Europe for good. Oh yeah, I've, I'm hearing that he's signing in England. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be Championship Club or what, but yeah, but you know what? I feel like he's going to go on the route of Kyle Laren, and Laren, you know, he he went on that journey. He spent a lot of time riding the pine. He's forever thankful for it, which is a fantastic attitude to have because he did have to train hard. And I think Jonathan would benefit from that experience at the very least. Yep. So I wish him the best, but I doubt he's going to be returning to our beloved the club. The only <laughs> thing against him is that he is 36 years old. 36 or uh, 36. 29? 36. Wow. No, sorry. No, he's, he's 29. He's, he's 29. Yeah. Sorry. Like his age is the one. Sorry. I'm, I'm yeah. reading something else. His age is the yeah. one thing going against him, and he is 29. Yeah. Um, he should be. He should have peaked already. Like, yeah. that's the thing. He's always been big on himself, and he is a good player. But the thing is, is that the big thing should have happened when he was 23, and they didn't. Yeah. All right. So, a couple of quotes from Jonathan Osorio. He says, we want to show that we are a football nation, that we can compete with the best in the world. Second quote, we want to surprise people because I think people still see us as an underdog, as underdogs. It's the World Cup. They should just be happy to be here, but that's not our mentality. So again, you know, it's what I've been talking about. It's what we were talking about yesterday. And, you know, this plucky Canadian team is going to be something. Uh, you know, it's funny. I was kind of digging through the news and there was another article kind of talking about Jonathan Herdman and his mind games and i never even thought of this right like when we were talking about canada's quote-unquote injury woes you know this is very very typical sports tactics right we see this a lot especially in hockey and stuff where you leave your opponent guessing you don't know what your lineup is going to look like right so with milan mm -hmm. borgen with jonathan davies you know two major key players in 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 your lineup keeping them as question marks you know, you're, you're making your opponent guess as to what you're going to do for that game. Um, so, you know, it, it kind of keeps them unprepared, uh, which is kind of smart. So, you know, there's a lot of people thinking that that's what he's doing. Funny enough, this is coming from Canadian site. So thanks for uh, kind of spilling the beans if that's the case. But in an interview today with TSN, um, uh, uh, Davies, Alfonso Davies, essentially said that he's ready for the first game. Whatever that yep. means. Yep. And I sorry sorry I misspoke earlier saying Kyle Aaron. I meant Richie Larea. Yeah. From TFC. Yeah. So I know that you and I know what I was talking about, but I got my name mixed up there. So sorry about that. Richie Larea. But yes, I saw that interview with uh Davies and there are Canadian journalists kind of tipping the hat at the motivation and the strategy behind the scenes. 
I'm curious if Belgium are paying attention to it. If not, but the big news I'm sure that you're going to get to next is Lukaku is not going to be playing against Canada. He's going to have to sit out the first two games for Belgium. So they're all of a sudden a little bit susceptible in that group stage, but they are a high-ranked team. They Even if they're bad, they can be good. So, you know, yesterday's little pipe dream and, and laughter fest has kind of worn off today, and I'm looking at the reality of world football and the games that we're about to play, and that's what I'm falling back on, is hopefully John Herdman has a really big plan on how he's going to make this happen. Hey, Yorkie, how's it going? It is going good. I've just left the pub. (laughs) (laughs) Classic Boris move right there. So I apologize if the sound quality is shite. No, no, no. no. I was assuming that you were going to sit this one out, to be honest. We were just talking about uh, Canada and, 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 well, all the Qatar bullshit. Uh, But uh, thanks for, thanks for, thanks for joining. How's it going? How was, how was the pub? How was the game? It it, uh, it was better than I expected. Um, I'm, I'm glad Ecuador won. Um, it was all right. Um, um, star studded or anything. Couldn't tell you a single person who played for any of the teams, but it was all right. Exactly. All right, we're still running through some news. So Tyler Adams has been named as captain for Team USA at the World Cup. Uh, that's not really a huge surprise. Well, here's a, okay. So let's let's talk about this because this kind of leads into the first game, VAR. Let's talk about VAR a little bit. What the hell is going on with VAR? It is literally going to slow down each and every single game, and it's going to be the frustration of many, many teams. I think moving forward. The thing that pisses me off about VAR is is the fact that they're not using it right. There yes. needs to be a, the, the there needs to be a fifth official who is just on there who, who can look look back at the VAR in real time and then he can say to the referee on the pitch, say, "Look, this is what's going on. That's it." Rather than it taking forever, referee comes off the pitch, has to go look at the camera, taking forever, getting the wrong decision, and then back on the pitch. Yeah, I, mean, I I think they, they need to do something like the MLS because I find that that system works, even though it can be slow. It tends to be pretty good at the fact that there's a separate official watching the VAR. And then if he feels that there's a clear and obvious mistake, then he calls down to the referee on the field and says, not only does he try to override it, he says, now I want you to review it in slow motion. Yep. And the guy goes over, takes 30 seconds to watch it, makes the call... And the players are back into the game. Yep. So. It's, it's, it's a bit like rugby league over here. Rugby, rugby league is like is like it's like American football, but more hardcore. Um, yep. and, and we have they have um, video replays and everything, and they've had that for year, long before uh, football did. And it works fine. Yep. I don't get why they can't adopt it from the way rugby league does it to. Because oh no, I really don't understand what the issues are. But this was already like three minutes into the tournament. We already saw controversy, right? And the poor commentators, you can say what you want about technology. You can say whatever you want. Let's be honest. That was suspect uh, three minutes into the entire tournament. Um, so that was that. Uh, before we get to the game, one last piece of thing. France 
they have the option to replace Benzema, but they are not. They are foregoing that option. They are just going to go with the squad that they have. Is that insane or what? They get, they must have the confidence. I mean, it's mental though because they've, they've got three pe- three vital people that are out, and they're not replacing Benzema. Yep. I yeah. would. Well, they must believe something in the chemistry portion of that team is more important yeah. than the potential disruption of of putting someone in last minute. Yeah, but I mean, that, their midfield is is gone. Yeah, pretty much. So they have no Pogba. They have no Kante. And now, Benzema up front. Don't get me wrong, they've still got two good, decent attackers. But it's the midfield that's going to be their problem, I think. Yep, exactly. Yep. All right. Hey, well, that's to England's bonus if they get that far. <laughs> exactly. All right, let's when talk they about... Get that far. <laughs> they have to get that yes, far. Yes, when they get that far. Okay. All right, let's talk about the game. So, right before the game, they had the opening ceremonies. What a bunch of... I don't know. Baloney we that was, honestly. I kid you I, not, it, it was not shown on the BBC. Yes, I heard about that. I heard about that. Um, I heard that uh, they kind of foregoed to show that. I wish that was the case here in Canada. I wasn't intentionally watching it. I was. Uh, it was just on, right? It, it was between sports. I finished watching F1, switched the channel that just so happened to be on, kept the TV on, um, and, and it was like it was just a thing. But every couple minutes, I would listen to what they were talking about, and it was like your typical, inc- like, let's celebrate the beautiful game. It's beautiful. We all love each other. You know, that typical stuff. And it was just, it was just a little too much considering everything that's happening with Qatar. Uh, so that was that. The game itself. Fish. Sorry, Phil? <laughs> It's pish. Yeah. <laughs> it's crap. Game itself. Qatar, Ecuador. We only have one game to talk about today. Um, you know, third minute right away. Uh, a goal was uh, suspectly uh, disallowed. Valencia scoring his fourth goal. That was disallowed, um, which was kind of, again, very, very suspect. But, you know, they, they came back in the 16th minute. Uh, Valencia scoring his fourth goal with via penalty. Um, you know, no matter what you could have done, there was nothing that the referees could do to even hide the fact that that was a penalty. Um, Valencia ends up scoring his second goal of the game in the 31st minute. Uh, that was essentially all the scoring. There was a lot of back and forth. Um, Bill, what what were your thoughts on the game quickly? Like, uh, yeah, well, quality-wise, first of all, they, anything. They need, they need to update the offside rule. In the sense that the guy's right foot was offside by, like, literally four inches. And he used his head to touch the ball, which was onside. So I think at that point, when you get down to that level of analysis on calling that offside, you really need to look at the context of the offside then. Because just making it black and white like that is coming at the game's expense. Because people want goals. They don't want to sit there and watch these nil-nil draws not that this was but i'm just saying yeah how much better is that game if valencia gets a hat trick exactly you know he's already the leading you know scorer I mean? for ecuador this would have like yeah. put things over the top and if anything it would have been a nice headline to have as opposed to you know everything else that we're seeing but it's it, and you're right right like this is a this is a criticism that happens a lot in baseball ever since they added video replay right it's 
Because you've added that element, you have to follow the rules by the book. So yes, technically, if he did have a foot offside, you have to call it. But you have to then, you know, within reason. I don't I don't know exactly how you yeah, update the rules, but before, you know, to Paul's to Paul's point yesterday, he said this VAR crap is just, you know, and even today, he said the VAR stuff is garbage because it's slowing the game down. But as well, part of the fun in some of these decisions is that sometimes the referees are wrong and it goes forward. And that's part of the fan experience. That's part of the game experience. It's one thing when it's egregious enough that it's like the hand of God. That's what I mean about calling down and saying, oh, you got this wrong. And, oh, we need to have you take a second look at it. And a little offside call by an inch of a shoelace, like... It's it's frustrating. Of all like, of the I examples that you could have right. used, you had to use hand of God with Paul on the line. <laughs> yeah, we, we could be we we could be on our way to winning our third World Cup. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, was, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so that's the thing, right? And I I am sure we've already had one game, one controversy with VAR, and not controversy, but just like one. A lot of questions around VAR of air around it. But as for the game itself, I'm glad that we were proven wrong and everybody was proven wrong about the result being bought by Qatar. That's the only thing that I breathed a sigh of relief for was just the fact that, okay, it was 2 0. We can park that hopefully. And like Qatar has been on the uh, in- downward slide ever since that, that Asia Cup. So it's pretty obvious that 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 team is is exploding like they couldn't even get past the fact that some of the players started living in Qatar after the the World Cup was announced they moved from their home countries to live in Qatar to become citizens so that they could play on the Qatar national team yep. like the whole thing is stinking <laughs> and at the end of the day they have like their their goalkeeper was just absolute trash um no matter you know money can't buy you a good goalkeeper in the international level apparently uh so that was that <laughs> uh yorkie thoughts on the game just final thoughts on the game before we move on it was, it was like a, a championship side playing a non-league side basically i'm surprised <laughs> it was only two yeah oh yeah i i the way that the game oh, was going like what- Ecuador was just attacking. They were they were getting in the final half, the final third every single time they touched the ball. I honest, this could have been easily, easily could have been six, seven, nothing. Which makes me think: Will the record go when Qatar play Netherlands? Right, exactly. That's going to be an interesting game. Yeah. All right, so that was today. Yep. We only have one game to chat about. Tomo- Let's do a quick uh, rundown of tomorrow's games. So we're going to use Eastern times because, well, I think most of our listeners are coming from the Eastern uh, time zone. So at 8 a.m. Yes, yes, all of our listeners from the Eastern time. Yeah, yeah okay. I'm going to miss. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to poke the bat, poke the bat, the bat. <laughs> 8 a.m. Eastern, England versus Iran. Phil, what are you thinking? Oh, wow, that's an absolute drubbing. <laughs> 8 a.m. tomorrow, I'm a happy lad because I get to watch England beat the crap out of Iran. <laughs> I'm hoping that's what I want to be the result. So um, that's a good way to wake up to a Monday for me. Oh, Yorkie, I, I I just want, I need to hear what, you, what you're going to say. <laughs> 
I'm thinking Iran might score no. Um, if 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 we if we get, I'm, I'm, I know we're going to get a win. If we don't get a win, I, I'm going to say it's the end of our tournament. Yeah. off. That's the thing. Like, there's so much pressure on this English team, right? Like, there's always pressure, but I find that right now because they're you know half respectable. There's a lot of pressure on them. All right, second second match of the day, second fixture of the day, whatever you want to say. 11 a.m. Eastern, Senegal versus the Netherlands. Yorkie, what do you think? That's, that's I think I think Netherlands will win, but I think that'll be the most competitive game of the day. Yeah. Hmm. I think so. I, I think so for sure. I think I think Netherlands are probably going to have an easy time, but I'm I'm, I'm sure it's going to be entertaining. So I I, I don't know about competitive when I'm looking at USA Wales up next, but yeah. Uh, I'm hoping that you're right, Yorkie. That that Wales just trump, uh, just tramples them. But yeah. All right, so oh, yeah, they're out for it. The last game, main event of the day, 2 p.m. Eastern, the U.S. of A versus Wales. Yorkie thoughts. Wales win. Don't get yeah. me wrong, Tyler, Tyler. I know you mentioned about Tyler Adams being named captain, which I was quite surprised at because of um. I thought, uh, yeah, I forgot about Tyler Adams. Because obviously, at the moment, Mr. America is is, is Christian Pulisic. Yep. So mm-hmm. I, I thought he'd be Captain America. I thought so. He um, but he hasn't been featuring as, as much for Chelsea. So maybe that's why. Whereas Tyler is, is getting featured for Leeds. So. Um, yeah. I don't know. He could. It, I, I'm going to go to one Wales. Nice. Bill? Fair. Uh, I, I'm going to go Wales, but I don't know by what. It's It, it really comes down to I got to get my feet wet looking at what the heck Bearhalter is doing with this team. <sighs> That's it could be It could be a success and it could be an absolute dog show. Yep. Like it, it's all about the tactics of Bearhalter because I've seen that guy make some just absolutely horrendous coaching mistakes with that team so far. I'm surprised he's here. <laughs> I know, right? But I just think that Bear Halter is is making the bed for himself to just get out, and I'm surprised that the states have hung on this long, to be honest. But they did qualify, so they qualified, Sorry, and it? in their in the warm up matches, they looked half decent. So that's like the one thing that I'm giving to the U.S. Having said that, you know, after our conversation yesterday, you know, you guys, uh, Yorkie, you did a great job of convincing me that Wales is a much better team than they are on paper. Um, so I'm gonna honestly have to say this one is gonna go to a one-one draw. Fedus can't argue with that. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. Um, Quick question: Who did you say would be the next USA manager? John Herdman. Yesterday, John. Where is he managing? At Canada. The Good old Canada. Canada's coach. Oh, my bad. Yeah, he, I, I, I just. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I think, I think, Leeds manager would 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 be a good show, Jesse Marsh. Oh yeah, I can I see mean, that. I can see that. I can see that a hundred percent. If he will, if he will, if he wants it, that's it. That, that is. Yeah. The reason why I say John Herdman is just because his track record right now in the Canadian program, both on the women's side and the men's side, is unreal. He's completely turned down, like he's completely turned around the programs. And I know he's been lucky because he's had the most talent 
<laughs> humanly possible that any Canadian coach has ever had. But, you know, you still have to have the tactics. You still have to put the right teams. You still have to feel the teams. You still have to coach, right? So what John Herdman's done in Canada is just remarkable. Uh, so I can see that just, you know, him being able to cho almost choose where he goes next if he decides to go somewhere. But, you know, everybody's got a price. He He's saying that he's committed to Canada for the next one because he's basically got two guaranteed World Cups. That being yeah. said, if you're talking about the States, well, then you've got a guaranteed World Cup. But right? so, does yeah. he want to become enemy number one by going to the States before 2026? I don't think so. I think his roots are too deep here. I think, you know, he, he I, got... I think it all depends on the results. If, if, if Canada don't produce the results, the Canadian FA may decide to cut ties regardless oh rfa the csa is a shit show so you never know what yeah. honestly herdman could win a world cup and they would cut him loose for some reason to save money yeah it's not good where we're at right now but you know earl cochran and earl we trust i still can't <laughs> believe the guy that you and i ran out of tfc is is running everything. <laughs> no. literally the guy that you and i ran out of tfc <laughs> Between him and Tom and Salmi, who I'm yeah. not on speaking terms with. <laughs> right, the oh. White Cups are Toronto, aren't they? Are the White Cups Toronto? Or no. Am I thinking of a different team? Vancouver. No, That's they're Vancouver. Vancouver. All right, my bad then. <laughs> I love it. Um, no, we had one of, one, of my, one of our players left a couple of years ago to go to the White Caps, and I thought it was Toronto, but it's not. Oh, no. It's Thank way you. on the other side. All right, gents. So that's essentially how every episode is going to work. We're going to chat some life. We're going to chat some news of the day. And then we're going to chat games and preview the next day. So I think that is a wrap. Yorkie, thanks for joining us. You, you know, the, the floor is always open. Just let me know whenever you want to join. Same goes to you, Phil. And, uh, you know, uh, everyone stay safe. Enjoy the games. And have a great end of weekend. And that's, uh, you know, start the week with some positivity. Everyone, good night and stay tranquilo.